AJ McCaw, drop the mic on millennials because we're all one. Hey. Yes. So we're very excited to welcome back everybody and their dog. Guest. What? I said everybody and their dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who am I the dog? Bark, bark. Sure. I think I'm kind of becoming pretty regular on this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, boy. Calm down the ego trip. Oh, boy. That's like Mitch saying that he's the reason why anytime he's on, people win Florida or not. Exactly. Uh, I think the record <laughs> speaks for itself, AJ. <laughs> so, Mitch, producer Butters back in. AJ McCall, we've got for the people's Jason Williams. Jason! Hi. How's Hi. it going, buddy? Hi. It's so, we're, well. con- we're continuing this trend of everybody gets to pick a podcast this week, and we have Jason in, thankfully. And he has picked the podcast this week, which we're excited to be part of. What do you got for us? Th- this isn't it. This is just a really interesting story. I read oh, okay, this. cool. Oh, perfect. Go ahead. Uh, so, you know the Necco wafers? Like yes. Like that horrible oh. chalk candy. Dude, I discs. love them. Do you really? Yeah, I like the well, little ones that are- She loves all the terrible candies people agree are terrible. <laughs> you're, Shut you're up. You're going to like this then. Okay, great. Uh, so they were going to go away. The company yep. was going to go bankrupt. Yeah. And they were uh, being purchased. Another company was eyeing them up, and then that deal fell through. And did you also know they've been around since before the Civil War? Mm-hmm. So it tastes like it. So yes, yeah. I did. Shut up! They're so good. Are we just talking about like the hearts? <laughs> no, the Necco wafers. So they're like little, like they taste like chalk. They, well, yeah, just like the Valentine's chalk. Heart. Be yeah. mine I I and have not yeah. indigestion. The same company makes those, yeah. by the they're, way. Those are disgusting uh, too. <laughs> Jebediah has brought back spoils of war. Right? They've <laughs> never had so, these. I, I know what you're talking about now. I got so, it. I got yeah. it pulled up. A billionaire has Who bought the company and, and he's going to keep them alive. This is the same guy that bought uh, Twinkies, Hostess, and kept right, them alive. Kay. And I've never heard his name before. I've heard these stories before, but uh, his name, <laughs> billionaire investor. He runs a, an investment firm called Round Hill Investments. Okay. His name is C. Dean. Metropolis. No, it's not. That is clearly it is. a fake name. No, it is. That is one hundred percent a fake name. The Wall Street Journal. C. C. Dean, Dean Metropolis. Metropolis. Google it. Wow, it is crazy. Well, that that's like Bruce Wayne is moving in on the Twinkie industry. You know what this reminds me of is uh, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Megamind. Yeah. How he calls it Metrocity. That's <laughs> that's what I'm reminded of. It's it's. Really like a cheesy Bond villain kind of name. Oh, it's bad. So C- it sounds like Dean the, Metropolis. C- the C is Metropolis. Charlie or Charles. Charles, Charles Dean. Dean hey, I knew one of those. He Charles was not a good human. But he saved your chalk candy with oh. new flavors. Unfortunately, like, not that one. <laughs> new flavors like can you actually write a- on a chalkboard? Attic dust citrus and things like <laughs> attic that. Attic dust citrus. <laughs> They're hey, terrible. Does anybody? Uh, do they actually put chalkboards anywhere now? Yeah, in those candies. No, no. They do put chalkboards places. They're called on walls because they have chalkboard paint. It's he's a new hashtag it's, farmhouse vintage He's saying isn't everything a whiteboard thing. now? Is that what you're saying? Oh, so Chip and Joanna Gaines. Actually, Chip and Joanna Gaines. I, I love them. This, but I haven't seen a chalkboard in years. That's what I'm talking about. I, I know, had one on my wall. I they grinded them down and then neck away for the They, they actually That's made a paint. They made a paint now. You can paint your wall and then yeah. it's a chalkboard. I had I've that. I've seen that yes, somewhere. So, I had that in my house in Vernal. Isn't that, I was so we're going to talk about that. millennials. Isn't that the millennial thing? Like everything disappears. Like, oh, do you guys remember this? Yeah, like, let's bring it back, but let's make it something different. Record they're, players. They're ruining everything. Case in point. Those little NES games. I mean, hey, let's not forget millennials killed the apparently... Was it fabric softener, right? We killed fabric softener. I can't believe we, we did everything. that. We killed the top sheet. We killed, 
Cab we've killed companies. fabric softener. What do you mean by Doesn't that? Doesn't every people don't use it anymore? About the generation younger than yeah, them, of course. Anyways. Is I it, use it's it. just the same thing, it's, right? It's people a little worse about this time, though. I it's feel like bad. it is. I, I think there's an anti-millennial sentiment, and it's it's always coming from baby boomers, who are actually the worst generation. For real, Thank really, you. Oh, baby boomers. Um, that's funny. Sort of. <laughs> Nearly bankrupted the country. That's what. That's one own, thing I. This is one thing benefit. that I love because I. Now they're just pissed about the millennials <laughs> having fun. Well, I wear my ripped <laughs> pants all the time. I constantly wear ripped pants because I love no. them because they're comfortable and this is always what happens. Did you have a dad that said, "I'll take those out and shoot holes in them for you for ten bucks"? <laughs> my dad did no. Really? No. My dad. So that's a that's a very that's a baby boomer this, thing. This was say. something that this is something that happens all the time. I'll wear my ripped pants somewhere and some baby boomer guy comes up to me. Oh. Why'd you spend so much money on those ripped pants? They've already got holes in them. Well, why'd you break the economy, Robert? I don't know why we're even talking. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> They're always Robert. Bob. No, it is. It's it, Robert it, and Karen. It's always think, Karen. Um, it's a little mm-hmm. worse with I millennials because, and my theory is that there are so many other things changing. And it sort of started actually with Uber. That Well, it started to really get a lot of energy with Uber. Right. So Uber comes along and it's going to be this big disruptive thing. It's going to kill all these cab companies and decimate an industry. And it's, and, and Uber, you know, sells itself as this revolutionary new, uh, really, they built software. And an app. And, right. And then they do the same things cab companies do. And then yes. what, what we've seen is they didn't really disrupt anything It's just at progression. All. Yeah. Because that's all it is. It was an addition to the industry. To me, anything. it sounds like satellite radio. And they came in, they're like, yeah, we're going we're yeah, to kill, kill all of terrestrial tri- radio. Yeah. Right. I'm terrified it, of change, Kyle. It didn't do it. Well, that, see, you actually get to what my theory is on this, though. There's so much changing, and it's changing so fast. There's a book. It was actually written in the 1970s, but it's still a fun read today. It's mm-hmm. by an author named James Gleek. He's a information scientist, basically. And he wrote a book called Faster. He wrote another book called Future Shock that's kind of along the same lines. And he talks about the the exponential speed of change that picks up. And it happens in every industrial revolution. And, and we're in the middle of a sort of a tech revolution. Right. And it picks up speed and then eventually just implodes and, and it, the dust settles. So that change, I think, has baby boomers freaking out. And it seems to be happening really fast. And they've decided to pin this all on millennials. So you see these think pieces about millennials aren't joining major religions. They're distrustful of religions yeah. in general. Yeah. Uh, they aren't getting married. They aren't having kids. They aren't buying houses. They aren't buying cars. They're, <laughs> they're renting things. And it's changed. <laughs> it's, like, it's just different. It's also, it's also what are you not, trying to say? I'm not married. I don't have kids. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say, Kyle? No, it's like also he not just at described. all new, though. Like, if you go back right. and look at what little demographic data there is at the turn of the last century and the one before that, you see these cycles where this exact same thing happens. But right now you have all of these baby boomer pundits with, with elevated, you know, huge megaphones, elevated soapboxes to get right. up on, and they're scared. Right. Well, they, they, millennials are going to ruin every, Millennials well, it, and their avocado toast are going to ruin <laughs> everything. I can't believe I like my stupid avocado it's funny toast. funny because like, that's it. the thing. My, my, brother, my brother got sick of it for my dad, so he calls him out on it. But my dad's favorite thing to do is he complains about service everywhere. Right. It used to be about service. Or his big one is he hates going to the grocery stores. He's like, I don't know why they don't have all the stuff out. And my brother goes, Okay, first of all, it's about business. So you want to open a business and decide that the dollar is not the most important thing? You go ahead. And he said, second of all, he goes, I know. How crazy is it that stores don't put out more things until there's a demand for it? But that's what my dad says. He's like, oh, it's not the way it used to be. And I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's tomorrow's not going to be like today. Like, I don't know what you're saying here. Of course, yeah. it's not. You know, things have progressed. Things are continually changing, and you look at it because, like Jason was saying, these statistics about people not wanting to get married, people not wanting to join religions, people not wanting to do anything that that is. They're saying millennials don't know how to make a commitment. They don't know how to do these things. Well, they've seen their parents go through these things. They've seen their parents get married, get divorced. They've seen these their parents, their grandparents even get married and they had to stay in these marriages because they couldn't leave because the wife couldn't afford financially to be on her own because it was a it was a do or die kind of situation. And so these millennials are sitting around us. Millennials are sitting around. We're not getting married, but we're making a life for ourselves. And it's just it's such a different dynamic. And it's so hard because everyone's like, oh, you're doing it so wrong. It's like, really? I'm busting my butt over here trying to That's, accomplish well, things. You, you see the same thing that you're talking about with um, millennial attitudes towards mortgages, car payments. Yeah. Uh, looking at jobs as careers, lifelong careers. Yeah. It, that, that change isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. And I personally, I think one of the things I admire most about millennial friends that I have, but also these general, I mean, we have to point that out too. These are all generalities, you know, right. Not, not absolutely. Millennial fits yeah. This, but thanks for saying that. Thanks they, for, thanks for putting that in there. Well, <laughs> it's, like, it's important to discretion. clarify. Someone's gonna be like, ah! <laughs> something that, that I think has proven to be kind of, in my experience, more, ex- pr- more consistent with millennials is the idea that they're experience oriented as opposed to ownership yes. oriented. Right. So yeah. baby boomers patted themselves on the back for homes and white picket fences and, and acreage and right. all of that. That was what their generation was sort of conditioned to see as happiness. Right. And millennials, I think, have actually elevated everything a bit by saying, uh, our parents weren't super thrilled all right. the time. You know? Well, that's something yeah. that I've run into in my family because when like my dad bought his house for the first time, it was a big and it was a big deal. And don't me don't let me say that it's not an accomplishment to, to own a house. But uh, you know, my brother and I now I turned twenty nine this year, my brother turned twenty five, and we've both lived in three different states now. And my dad never has. And it's something that he's talked to us. Like, my brother and I are going to Italy later this year. And it's something he's told us. He's like, I've always wanted to travel, and I've never done it. And I think it's exactly your point is that we didn't bog ourselves down, even at these ages still, with car payments or house mm-hmm. payments. We wanted to go experience. And that's what we, him, my brother and I have talked about a lot, that we want to work hard to take vacations as opposed to work hard to buy houses or buy cars. Yeah. Well, obviously, these things have progressed forever. I mean... At one point in time, we were giving cows for wives. You know, here, here's a cow. I Wait, want we your don't wife. Do that anymore. Uh, you're, 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 you're a Ted cow, cow wife. Here you go. I thought you were from Clarkston. <laughs> Little bit, yeah. But uh, Mitch, did you know that we, we do that there? Hey, funny thing you know about what? Clarkston. Surprise, we do that out, there. I was out in Clarkston yesterday. She's an eight yeah. cow woman. <laughs> I'm out in Clarkston yesterday, and there's a lady in a car driving the op- like going into town, and I'm driving out, and she waves at me. And I'm like, this is funny. Like, it's people just weird. wave it's as just you leave the town. It's a, it's a different <laughs> style of, of it's a different t- style of city. I thought there okay. was more to that story. I was waiting for the no, punchline. No, there line. wasn't. So That's exactly that was how the punchline. Town was Kyle. So <laughs> it's just so much different because we are we have have grown from that kind of kind of a thing, you know, different values on and that's not a bad on thing. thing. No, absolutely not. You know, absolutely not. Well, you talked about how attitudes change, isn't it? Like I took a I took a woman's studies class in college, oh, but they talked about that was what was the big change in feminism was that kids started growing up in single mother households, and that was what the big initial change was, is that those kids grew up, and that's what changed things. Yep. And that's the same thing like McCall said. Sure. Like I'm, 
my parent, my two parents have three divorces between them. So right. I had a celebration when I turned 22, which is the age my parents were, and they had kids. That's when they had me, and I was like, I'm glad that I don't have kids at 22. Yeah, I'm almost 30 and still don't have them. Well, and I think I think there's a willingness on a lot of the these same pundits and and uh, you know famous opinion makers, thought leaders, all of that uh, to to sort of pin some of this on millennials, but also to try and paint it in a bad light. And it, it happens in politics, too, with millennials. Politically, millennials are no different than any other generation. Right. But on certain issues, they're much further to the left. Right. And that makes a lot of these old pundits nervous. Right. Um, but it, an example of how wrong they're getting it, you'll, you'll see often, I mean, you just Google it, you'll find no less than 10 stories, uh, really, really well-researched think pieces on millennials being socialists and and they all you know want to redistribute all of our wealth and share oh, what oh right the I reality forgot. is that millennials tend to have a different attitude towards even some conservative ideas like the idea of of family or the idea of so millennials are the first generation to connect uh wages with sort of a pro-family values type mindset right saying look if you want less single parent homes, if you want less broken families, people got to make more money. Right. And the CEO can't be riding on this huge, this huge, uh, you know, check, <laughs> right, gigantic salary. Yep. Well, everyone else is making eight bucks an hour. And so millennials, <laughs> hmm. you can call that millennials leaning left if you want, but I don't really see it that way. I see no. it as millennials just it's having a different attitude towards what some of these values would be represent how some of these values would be represented in politics. It's something I really am grateful and appreciative of, uh, especially when it comes to a lot of the people that I grew up with, because a lot of the people that I've grown up with have very good op like opinions on on these kinds of things. They are very opinionated and they are very well um, spoken on these these different topics like wage difference, like. I, I'm very impressed because I feel like a lot of the millennials that I'm associated with do think for themselves and they do a lot of studying into different topics before they jump on a bandwagon of, oh, this is this is how it is, you know, before they These jump are, off of a headline and they say, oh, this is what the headline reads. They actually do the research before yeah. going into this topic, this whether it's political or not. First generation ever that could become an, uh, you know, a, a somewhat expert on something by by Googling it. Right. Uh, their entire lives. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, and so so every generation before this has, has had to, at very least, get their mom to take them to the library. Right. Go or get an encyclopedia. In or, mm -hmm. This is the first generation that can say, I don't know what my opinion is on this. I'm going to Google yep. and read a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm really grateful for because I know that I do that a lot. I'm I know there, there are things that will come up that I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Don't ask me my opinion on it until... I have the time to be able to research it out and study it for myself. Sure. And just to play devil's advocate, go. This is also the same generation that made Logan Paul a star. I know. Oh my gosh, so, I know. We need to talk I about hate that. that guy. <laughs> That's the younger millennials. I hate that guy. Oh my gosh, butter. <laughs> so now you see the, the older baby boomer millennials. Here's the baby boomer. <laughs> Those younger millennials. I'll, and take, their the, YouTube I'll take the back half. Yeah, I'll take the experience one. No, I, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's like my son, I, but it's like you said to begin generalities. I think McCall's generally right, but obviously there are people obviously that right don't. There's yeah. entitlement. My generation made Pearl Jam a star, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
could be worse. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, is that I don't Logan know. Paul? Man. Logan Paul is worse. Uh, it's yeah. Quite, it's a toss-up in my mind. <laughs> that, whole, that whole grunge thing and Logan Paul are about, yeah. Well, like, to put it in a different perspective, everybody blames the millennials, but when McCall and I went to that conference we went to last year for radio, the first the first discussion was on millennials, and the guy that went up there, Tracy Johnson, is, I don't know what generation it is. Genius. He's, 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 he's genius generation. Yeah, and he talked about, he said, everybody blames millennials. He said, but the thing is, millennials shape everything. Yep. So yeah. Facebook's a prime example. Everybody threw a fit about social media. Everybody's everybody on it has now because Facebook. millennials pushed it forward, so now everybody needs to be on it. My grandparents so, have Facebook. Yeah, millennials shape everything, and so everybody complains about it, but everybody's following in suit. Yeah, and millennials. This is another reason I think millennials. Sorry to keep bringing politics back into this. No, it's good. Another reason millennials get painted as left, uh, and and again, I'm saying I don't think they are really any different than any other generation. They might lean a little more left on this, maybe more right on that. But one of uh, the other conventional wisdoms out there is that they lean left on cultural issues, which they do, but it's really nuanced. It's not that they lean left on actually the best example. So conservatives are really good at taking cultural issues and turning those into sort of get out the vote uh, issues during an election year. And and they'll literally just pull it out of thin air and assault on something. And and it works. Their voters are like, oh, I'm angry now. I'm voting. Uh, (laughs) They tried that in in 2016 with the uh, transgender people in bathrooms right issue right and millennials the largest voting block in most of these districts were just like nah we don't care right and and these conservative movement icons that had 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 success with this since the 1980s just were lost they didn't know what to do right oh the new generation doesn't care about these things so it's not necessarily in my mind that they have you know this lefty opinion so much as they really have just decided some of these cultural fights that we've been having for 20, 30 years in the political realm are kind of stupid. Well, one thing that I've noticed a lot with millennials, with people that that I associate with, that I went to high school with, that I'm surrounded by, is that it's one of the most accepting generations. It's one of the most understanding, one of the most like open-hearted generations well, like that I've noticed. The, they talk about the way feminism started because kids started growing up with single moms, the same thing. Right. I grew up with, you know, gay kids or whatever you want to be. I, you know, we become more sure. and more diverse. I grow up, and so you're like, I, don't, I know those people. I accept those people. Like I've known plenty of them, and I think that's a big part of it. You just mix a little bit more, and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what we're fighting about. I totally get it. And it's, you know, it's a cultural shift that's happening outside of millennials too, but they're definitely affected by it. Um, last night in the, well, I don't know when this will air, so I don't know if it'll be last night, but this week in the primaries, uh, the first. I mean, it's likely he'll become the first openly gay governor, Jared Polis, in Colorado. Uh, five years ago, that would have been a huge news story in and of itself. Right. Right. No one even talked about it. I mean, they talked about him winning the Democratic nomination in, in Colorado, and it's a left-leaning swing state. So most likely he will be right. the next governor. Right. But the part, the fact that he was openly gay wasn't even part of the story. And so... And that, that's not a bad thing. No, I think it's really uh, cool. Just, I think millennials have influenced things in that way. They don't want to talk about these things anymore. It's, n- it's tired. No, it is tiring. And yeah. it's, it's something that a, a lot of people get really tired of because I think we've seen enough. Obviously, we've seen teen suicides way up. We've seen all of these different things way, way up. And I think that has to do with, again, people not choosing a religion. I think it's because of the parents influence on it some people push it really 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 hard uh same thing with just just with the i don't know just in general i think that it's something that that 
the millennials have been more accepting, more understanding, more just influenced by, really. Well, I think with uh, with social media and all that, you talk about everything's much more magnified, right, and much sure. more intense. And but I mean, Jason started this off, and I agree that uh, you know everybody talks about Mitch Asta doesn't every generation get criticized by the generation before. But I agree with you. I think that it seems like it's much more intense this go around for whatever reason and i don't i don't know why i think social media has a lot to do with it i think uh, it, it the these ideas and attitudes have always like like mitch said like you said it was it's always been like this every generation to, right. to generation but with social media and with the the rapid news cycle that we now exist in right more of these opinions get out there more often yeah and, and then it becomes you know we have this the media has uh nationally has a a belt of its own, you know, you, right. you hear the Bible belt, the rust belt, all of that. The media has sort of a village belt. And so national media is very centered still around Washington, D.C. and that large portion of the East Coast around there. And so what they end up thinking and talking about oftentimes becomes a national narrative in the op-ed pages and even the pundits on TV. And they don't realize that maybe no one else really cares or agrees. Right. And, and social media is challenging that a little bit. So in the past, you would have these pundits get up and say these things. And then, you know, grandpa, who wasn't grandpa at the time, goes and repeats it at the wherever he hangs out on Saturday mornings having coffee with his friends. And then the, and, it just spreads like yeah. that. And yep. Social media comes along and just pulls the rug out from underneath all of that. And and there, there's, there's a lot of good to that. And I think social media has also brought a, a really negative part with this whole yeah. mob mentality right. type stuff that you start getting. You know, you know something bad happens at... I mean, I, I look at some of these 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 kids that do dumb things online, and they're just fifteen year olds doing saying dumb things or doing dumb things, and pretty soon you have, you know, the whole country after them, and they start getting death threats. Man, if if I was that age, I mean, when I was like thirteen, fourteen, um, there wasn't social media, so everything I, dumb I did just kind of was able to stay in the shadows, stay secret, you know. Well, and on that note with Mitch... I don't know if that made sense. No, it did. No, it does. Uh, and with with that note, I feel like the older millennials, the ones that were born closer in the 80s, the 90s, we've been able to see this. We've been able to see it. And I feel like a lot of a lot of people, again, generalized, is we we can understand that the social media aspect of it is just people putting on a show. I think a lot of the older generation, the older millennials, I guess you could say, can see that because we've seen what it is without Facebook. We've seen what it is with Facebook and we can see both sides of this. But a lot of these kids that are growing up without having seen what what life is like without social media, what life is like without Instagram and to all of this technology, I think they're having a really hard time because they don't know how to cope with it. They don't know how, how to handle a mob mentality coming at them and saying all of these terrible, nasty, wretched things. Madonna actually predicted this in 1990. Yeah. She said in her, I don't remember the name of the film, it was a concert film that uh -huh. she had, and it was pretty controversial when she said it, and everyone talked about how what a narcissist she was, but she said, <laughs> we're, we're heading into a day and age uh, when the, it, it, not only will it not be worth doing anything that no one sees, but also you won't be able to do anything that no one sees. And, right. And that's sort of the world we live in. And, and like you said, millennials... That it has been their world. For the rest of us, right. it's still something we transitioned into and adjusted to. But for millennials, it's just always been that way. Well, I, I had a question about that because we talked earlier about how uh, you talked about experience versus more physical physical 
wealth or whatever you want to call it. Is that what you think part of the issue stems from? Is that I think there's still a little bit of an attitude that you are successful by what you work hard to achieve. And obviously with our generation, we had, you know, internet, social media, and everything kind of becomes much more efficient or easier, whatever word you want to use when as we integrate more and more technology. You think that's part of it? I think so. I, and, and I also think it's really the same as every other generation. So the the end goal changes. So baby boomers right. wanted to own houses and, right. and they wanted to own big, you know, huge cars. Mansions that, yeah, and the Lamborghinis. Fury. and Fury yep. existed primarily because people wanted it. Baby boomers were coming of age and, and they were going to be buying cars in 10 years. And, and so Plymouth was like, well, let's make a huge car. Uh, that was America <laughs> in right. the 50s, 60s and even 70s. But so now uh, millennials, they still have the same goal, the same mechanisms drive them, the right. same psychology it's that same, drives all of us. Mm-hmm. But instead of wanting to own a house or have a mortgage or uh, and to see that as success, they would rather live in a small apartment. Right. And go cool places three or four times a year. And I think that transitions. We go 100%. Right. Well, I think that transitions into you want to go places, you want to you want to do things like that, but you want people to see it. You want it to be experiences you want to see. Yeah. You want to see your followers boost. You want to see people engage with you on Twitter, on Instagram, on all of these different social media platforms and get paid for it. So Which, it, well, hello, I mean, if you can get paid yeah. to travel, duh, Compensation, yes. But I think what you're saying then is because if you're talking about big houses, big cars, the level of competition among societies changed. So I had the bigger house, I had the bigger car. Well, now I have the most followers. I've been the most cool places. Exactly. It's the same yeah. thing. It's just a it's different just realm. It's just a different realm. Different way of yep. looking at it. Yeah. I've never and thought of that. Nobody looks at it like that. Well, that's what's so funny. But yeah, keeping up with the Joneses just with a different <laughs> way of going about <laughs> right. it. And so yep. when baby boomers call the millennial generation this narcissistic generation, oh, really? Seriously, you th- guys wanted there is a all of reason these you own that huge house, yep. <laughs> and but you wanted the status of you wanted everybody that drove past. To, well, yeah, and to, I think oh, look at that success, right? And I think that's based on like social media, right? Because we've we've done McCall and I are on social media all day all for for radio, and you talk about why are you posting that? Nobody needs to know that business, but it's not like no one hit before the millennial generation <laughs> with social media didn't want to didn't want people to engage with the stuff they were leaving yeah. out there. It's right. just we have true. we've just had different. a platform to put it out there so people can see it. It's, it's everyone wants attention. I mean, That's we, literally never changed. We, we give blue ribbons for for squash at the county fair. Exactly right. That is <laughs> that is no different. Honestly, that is no different than You're nothing being like a nice gourd. So that is the best gourd. Here's a ribbon. That's a, that's see, a, that's the 1950s like. Right. That brings me back to like uh, I don't know if this is the generation of getting offended. You're offended over everything. I don't. Is that? A, I haven't seen is that. Because I feel like, my, uh, for me personally, the people I know, it's like you said earlier with the politics thing. Like we don't care. We've seen it. I, we, you know. But I think there is a lot more sensitivity to. I, agree. I and I think that I think a lot of that has to do with social media. Um, I I don't know because you, where where I'm from, it's a small town. Everyone right. kind of has the same views, but now. You got all these different types of communities connected that weren't ever that are connected in new ways that, that they weren't before, and and it's the, the bandwagon thing right. becomes easier. So you, <laughs> I think you've always had these That's people true. that are some. I mean, we we all know someone just looking for trouble. Looking oh, always to freak out about something. And, but with social media, it makes it easier for that person to get a little spotlight. You and get then, a soapbox and then a little the bandwagon, bit. Bandwagon, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, all my friends hate this. I'm I'm on board. And so yeah, I think it does. It, it, you have a tendency to see people. Uh, getting offended or being publicly offended, right. I think is how I would put it. 
more often right. over right. more things. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. But necess- I think there's pushback against it too. Yeah. And I from millennials. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's uh, the generation that gets more offended, more easily offended by by things, because I think that social media in general has kind of enabled that. I think that well, it's been it's I been something it's, that, that's progressed it forward. But it's, it's, it's the same thing as we were just talking about big houses. To followers, right? Well, I was gonna it's say it's more. It, it's more. You you have a platform to actually complain on. I was know? gonna say it I think more it's more like a, what you said, Jason, with news and politics. It's more so. Maybe it's more offended, but it's because the extremes are much more interesting. Right. No one cares about everybody else in right. the middle. I think well, that's a part nobody of else it. in the middle even and, talks about it. They're I just like, th- eh. I do think there's kind of a, and I, I think this is already fading, but I do think at least for a while there was a, a heightened sensitivity and. Uh, you know, we were all talking about microaggressions. Seriously, right. like it's a joke now. It's a, it's a, it's something to make fun of now. But for right. a, for a time, uh, there were a couple of years where people were literally talking about being microaggressed against, and and so I think there was some heightened sensitivity to uh, being triggered and and then having a reaction to that. But I think it ties back in in a way to the the narcissism, which again we've established every generation every, has. Yep. Uh, and, and that attention, that being sharing with the community, I think it tied back in with it all. Okay. I think we've seen stuff like we haven't seen before in past generations. Right. Like, I think it was the University of Utah. Their library now has a cry closet. Right, and that was an art project. <laughs> yeah, oh, was it was. It? A, it was an art project that they did for the, for finals week. You they can... did it as a as a as like a finals thing. Some guy did a this art art closet, closet and <laughs> you just go in and cry if you're stressed. And there's like animals, and, and you can sleep and whatever. Is, uh, and they did it as a joke. Used it? Okay. Yeah, I, I make the hour and a half drive because <laughs> I need a good place to cry. Oh my gosh! My no, but is, I don't I... think we had that. that. I mean, that stuff would have never happened. What ten years ago? Twenty years? Any time in the past, would it? No, but no. I think that's like uh, I have a of old boss who saw that article because I shared the one too. Like the what's the, the it's going to be an opportunity to take naps at certain high schools, and I, you always get the response like "suck it up, Buttercup, come on." And <laughs> I get part of it, but I, I would make the argument too. You could talk about how part of it maybe there's oversensitivity, but there's also more education because like the example I use is PTSD. Before, Nobody knew about that. You're a that. coward. Yep. Now yeah. we know that's actually a big deal. That's actually you know what I mean? something. And so that I think that's part of it too. With. And I think that I don't know whether it's a, an overcompensation is that we have these mental issues, which I think uh, it comes up all the time about how it's still not addressed correctly. That I don't know a cry closet. I don't whatever. Do you? My attitude generally is I'm not going to be. My attitudes don't be a jerk. You do you. I'll do me as long as we don't bother each other. Cool. We'll live happily. Right. But I think that you have these people that look at that and they it's something they want decide they want to judge down on because it maybe life was harder than them and they say, Well, that's pathetic. Why would you use that? Well, what does it matter? And who if even it doesn't knows, affect you, leave them alone. Who even I knows think, if it wasn't a sarcastic thing? Like it was just a <laughs> here's a cry closet because millennials are weak and so they ended up making this cry closet as a joke. I would group with oversensitivity, lack of sense of humor is really what I think yeah. go I hand think in There's hand. definitely some of that. And and then I think uh like you said, there is a tendency back to Mitch's point about what every generation before does to the next to point of the new generation talk about how coddled and soft they right. are. Yeah, of course. And and the, the the greatest generation did the same thing to baby boomers. That's why right. baby boomers have these insecurities about big houses and mortgages. And and so it it it's something that's passed down. It's sort of it's like generational parental abuse in a way. Yeah. And and it happens with every generation, but I think I think there is something to be said for uh, a little self-correction sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and I think when it comes to um 
totally agree with you. Like being able to talk about mental illness and PTSD and and getting to a point where we don't see someone who has had suicidal suicidal thoughts as weak. Yep. Uh, th- these are, I mean, that's progress. That's that's us psychologically evolving, and and we should always keep doing that. Absolutely. On the flip side of that, um, uh, <laughs> I think there there is a tendency uh, for some to to feel that any sort of opposition or any sort of critique or any sort of criticism is victimizing them in right. some way. Yeah. And everybody gets a trophy type thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. nobody can feel bad for losing. Yeah. Right. That's, <laughs> yeah. I've, and I think that's actually cross-generational. I think that actually started with my generation yeah. and it, and and just bled into the millennial generation. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right on that, Late, not to name names, but we were just having a conversation, uh, me and another coworker about a coworker, about uh, salary negotiations. And we talked about right. how me and said co who were having a discussion said that the way things are brought up, we get and we think they make sense, but other, the coworker was upset about it and we're like, I think it's just because he takes it personal. And it's not to say that it's right or wrong, but I think to, along your point is that some people see things like that's not a big deal and there's some people who, who feel victimized by it or feel attacked when it's really not so much the case as how they deal with it to everybody. It's just that's how that person took yeah. it. I think millennials are probably dealing with this a lot in the in the workplace because you have so many businesses that are owned and operated by baby boomers. Right. And you have millennials who are becoming, you know, more and more important to those businesses. And, and But millennials, millennials are, again, generalization, but they're the person who is more likely to walk in to their boss and say, you know, across the street, they offer me a lot more money and better benefits and better schedule. And so I'm going over there, but I hope we can still go to lunch once in a while. Meanwhile, their baby boomer boss is thinking, no, I'm going to never talk to you again. I'm going to go slash your car tires. It's right. two How different mindsets you? towards this whole thing. Right. And it, it's, it's, all, it's all progression. It's all things that, have, that are progressing forward. And the fact that these these millennials are being able to move forward, being able to progress and seeing the opportunity to progress, especially when it comes to work, when it comes to life, when it comes to pretty well everything that they're, they're constantly progressing. And it's like baby boomer bosses see, look, we had to bust our butts to work, to move forward, to move up in this company. And that's the only way that you're going to be able to move up. I'm sorry. You, you, you can't just go somewhere else and end up getting a getting a better job or better pay. But I millennials know, are like, yeah, I can. Well, exactly. That, I think, and and it's, say, it's a fear of moving forward. Yeah. It's a fear of moving forward, fear of change. I know that we've I've run into this problem before at, at another job that I worked at. And it was like the boss was just like, you should be proud and happy that you even have a job. Like, you could be out of work right now. And it's like, well... Yeah, but if I'm out of work, I'm going to find work somewhere else. It's not like I'm just going to sit there and be like, oh, shoot, I lost my job. It's a different <laughs> mindset. It's that, a completely yeah, different yeah. mindset. That's why I identify with millennials in that sense because personally, I, I've been self-employed for 15 years. That's not an accident. Right. I, I'd never worked for anyone for more than three, maybe four years before that. I had a lot of jobs. I was only fired from one. I had a great – I was a great employee. Right. I hated it. Uh, so I, I think – that for me is at least how I relate to millennials. That sort of mindset. That right. I wanted. I would. I'd rather sacrifice that huge four hundred one k for more control over my schedule. Right. Right. Well, I think that circles back to what McCall's talking about to that attitude of narcissism, but also the competition. Right. Like, uh, how dare you think that you don't have to put in your dues when I think anybody really given the choice, like, oh, I can do this job or I can go make way more money doing that, why would I not pick the latter? Because right. one of my favorite statistics in a few of these podcasts McCall and I have done, we've talked about moving and stuff and how important it's been to us, 
is there's all those stats out there that I think is kind of along the line of what you talk about criticizing millennials about how uh, the average person won't move further than 60 miles away from their hometown. or The average person has visited uh, nine states. The average person knows the person they're going to marry by the time they're 21. And I think those are stats that I think still carry true to millennials, but that's, I think, sort of the mindset you talk about where millennials' their attitude is, okay, I don't like this. I'm going to figure out how to change it as opposed to before I talked about how I think that there might be some pushback because the attitude was you got to work through instead you know grind through and figure it out pay your dues opposed to no i'm gonna i'm not gonna go through this roadblock i'm just gonna figure out how to get around it yeah that's and and i think then you see that same attitude play out and so back to where we started with the polling you see on you know pew pew research just had a survey again on millennials and organized religion and so the nuance that everyone's missing well okay the nuance that some of these most outspoken millennial critics are missing right is that the Pew Research doesn't say millennials are less religious or less spiritual. What they're saying is that they're less tied to their religious community. Right. They're less tied to like an organized religion of some kind. And so they... (laughs) (laughs) I tried so hard to not get distracted. Jason got tickled. You guys would be impressed though how long I kept that. I'm very proud of you. Marker! (laughs) I was very impressed. (laughs) No, that was really funny. Tyler Craig. This isn't live, is it? No, it is, actually. <laughs> should, have you, should have you come in and do live one day with... Yeah, Kyle, where does he come back in? <laughs> I don't know. You I, were in I the middle just... of talking and then started laughing. Um, you were talking about the Pew Research on, on millennials and oh, religion yeah. again. So it doesn't mean that they're less religious or less spiritual. It means that they're... It's, the, it's, it's about staying away from the binding institution. Right. That's my word, not... You know, not Pew's work. Right, but right. The idea, and, and by binding, I mean this this idea that this institution, you get tied by these things. Um, you get tied by your religious community. You get tied by your coworkers and your job, your friends, your family. And I think millennials more so, even if they don't take advantage of it, want that option to right. be. So if you aren't tied to a, to a religious community, for example, you can take your personal religion, which maybe you feel and believe as strongly as everyone else in that entire community. But you can live it on your own. Go change jobs and live in another state. Right. You know, well, that's back to the, just real quick. That's back to the houses thing. Yeah, houses, exactly. Cars, that's exactly where it's going to go travel, with it. You less know, tied down. It's it's more of a self reliant thing. I think it's more of these these millennials again seeing their parents, seeing their moms grow up as single parents, seeing their grandparents be stuck in these relationships because they had to be because your sure. your grandpa was such an abusive person, but your grandma had to stay there because she couldn't leave. You know, different different situations like that. I think millennials see this as an opportunity to be self reliant and another opportunity to just have more respect for you as a. a yourself there's more self-respect going on going back to the money thing going back to the being able to move from job to job being able to see look i'm important here and i'm not going to just stand here and take it i think that's something that's that's one of the best things that has come from this generation really because it is important it is important to realize how important you are as a human it is important to realize that you don't have to stand there and you don't have to take your boss treating you like garbage yeah i think yeah my prime, ex- my big example of that would be when I left, I was working full-time. I got my first full-time job as a program director in my hometown, and I got offered a job where I would make more money. They were going to pay to have me move, and they were going to put me up for six months. So financially, it made a ton of sense to go to New Mexico. It was 1,500 miles from home. On paper, it made a lot of sense to me. I had a coworker that I used to work with out there, so I wasn't, I wasn't going out there totally blind, and so I wanted to take it. And my dad was like, well, it's a heck of a risk. And I said, it's 
really not. Like financially, it makes a lot of sense, and it was good. And like I worked there a year, and unfortunately, we had a change of management. And I got fired, and I came home. And my brother and I've talked about it before. My dad's never come out and said it, but I'm pretty sure he thinks that he was justified in saying it was a risk that failed. And for me, it wasn't. I won an award. I went and had success somewhere you else. And again, so all the financial stuff was yeah. prudent, so it made <clears throat> sense to me. And then, like I came back and I. Took me about seven months, and I came out here to Utah, and I still don't look back. And I think that that was something that panicked him, like, "Oh my gosh, you're not working for seven months." And he kept telling me, you "Should probably try and leave radio. You should find something else. You're running out of time." And I was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna stick with it." And I'm out here. It's the best job I've ever had. I'm right. with you. I'm with your dad. Actually, I think you failed, and you're. Oh my you're gosh. Going <laughs> I'm glad you're quitting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are fighting words. I'm just kidding, Mitch. I always want you on the morning show. I'm gonna miss Mitch. I am too. I, me too. Let's it, all talk about what you love the most about no, me. No, that's on the morning show. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> that tomorrow. That tomorrow. <laughs> I'll call in. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, back to the to the idea of millennials and, and the, the independence and right. the, uh, that you're talking about with these stories. I, what's been interesting to me to to follow uh, the the contradiction there a bit because it <clears throat> it doesn't manifest in, in millennials as total solipsism or isolationism. They They aren't the center of the universe in their own minds. So no. they're more independent. They don't mm-hmm. want to be tied down by a religious community or a job. They want at least the option to leave, but they seem to understand more than every generation before the importance of community, right. the importance of if somebody on the block is hurting or having a good time, you the importance of there being help for that person. Yep. Millennials consistently uh, pull more than any generation before willing to pay much higher taxes to help poor people. Uh, millennials consistently want to uh, to see more done to fight homelessness. They yep. want they want more done to they don't want to free fight the drug war. They want uh, more done to help addicts stop being addicts. So it's you know they they have the same goals. They just have this totally different idea of how to get there. Like every generation before, right? But I I like some of the contradictions. They make sense in a way, right? To I, me. I was watching the Andy Griffith show the other day. It tells you what generation I'm in. Um, <laughs> no, old no I, I love it. I was watching it's it, though. It's so and, good. And Opie comes home from school. I mean, this is this is like the old black and white stuff. And Opie comes home from school, and Barney turns to Andy and says something. Oh, you know, this these kids, they just don't have to put in the work like, like, like we did. You know, it was a lot tougher for us. And that's kind of when it clicked in my head that, man, every, you know, yeah. every, every generation, generation before yep. thinks that they had it, you know, so much, yeah. whatever. Maybe it's true. You know, it's, you know, it's, I, it, there are contradictions there too. There were a lot of things that I, I had this conversation with my father once. There were a lot of things that I did have a lot easier than he did. Uh, you know, he, he had to go milk cows and if he took too long milking the cows, uh, and came back, dinner was cold because they ate dinner at a certain time. And that, I right. mean, and his mom had to keep to that schedule. She had like not 900 kids. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so it Jeez. was, I hate yeah, having 900 kids, hippie commune in Telluride, Colorado. No, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> Heck but yeah. it was, it was right here in, 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 it was, it was very local and as, and, and stereotypically local. And so I look at that and think, yeah, I know, my life was not that difficult at all. But then at the same time, my dad got away with so many right. things in his generation uh, be- because, yeah. True. Yeah. because they knew the only cop. They'd all gone to high school yeah. with him. And, you know, yep. So there were other things that changed, too, that I think they had it. I think every generation before also had their own way of having it easier. Right. And they just forget it. Well, that thought process kind of bugs me a little because, like, to use my dad as example again, my dad's saying every time I was growing up was my goal as a parent 
is to provide you with a life better than mine. Exactly. So That's that exactly start, what I was going to say. So yeah. It seems like like that technically, I mean, I think it's a political saying too, right? Our goal is to, you plant the seed to leave the tree for the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. And Make it, it seems like for that's what's happened. Like our life's easier because of the work that happened the generation before. But, but then it's we're like, getting cussed hey, for it. You got it and get to enjoy it, and we did that. So how about some "you're welcome" while we're at it? Yeah, that's that's actually there's a there's a cliche in politics that uh, normally used by by conservatives in politics that you you should create a world in which it's easier for people to quote lift themselves up by their bootstraps. Well, millennials agree with that. They just disagree on what the bootstraps are, and they disagree on what up is. I mean, what, you know, what is that elevated plane? Right. What, what is, what is me being happy? What is, it's, it's and just I think a different view. Yeah. Right. And that's where the confrontation most directly with the baby boomers comes in. Uh, baby boomers see everything millennials believe is a route to happiness as just an offense. You know, it, they, because it, it basically says the way baby boomers did it was wrong, wrong. Well, and, and back to the offended thing, back to the easily offended thing. I think the thing that we're, we're seeing more frequently is more of the older generation that is getting offended over, over things like that. Like you see oh. all sorts of posts on Facebook and stuff about people being offended and you look at their profile and it's Aunt Karen from, yeah. from <laughs> Omaha yeah. or, you know. People that are still writing angry letters about Pat Sajak on Wheel of Fortune, even though it's not on. Right, exactly. Letter? People that What's are, that? people that are writing, writing letters <laughs> yeah, and people that are mailing sending letters. us, sending Why us emails, right. <laughs> sending in letters and emails about how, about oh, how no. angry they are that, that, this song is on, you know, it's just, you look at, you look at the people that are being offended, the people that are being, being angry and frustrated about it. And you, you see why. And I think, I think you're right. I think it is, it does have to do with that. They try to make it easier for us, but the way that we're doing happiness is different. Yeah. It's and and different. they're scared a little bit by that because right. I think they see all of this as some sort of, and, and this is also true for every generational transition, but they see it as some sort of social decline right. or some sort of, you know, we aren't going to have suburbs anymore because everyone wants to live in an apartment in the city. Well, I mean, there were a lot of bad things about suburbs, primarily, you know, urban sprawl mm-hmm. and the fact that most suburban neighborhoods, they don't actually hang out as neighborhoods. They oh, don't. Gosh, no. I mean, you'll find people who know their neighbors more often in an apartment complex in downtown Salt Lake than you'll find in a lot of these new subdivisions going up on the East Bench. Right. That's okay. I just learned my well, neighbor name (laughs) well again it it goes back to your it goes back to the mentality of of look at my white picket fence and look at my house and look at what i have here it's more of a me 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 type type thing and we should point out speaking of of housing and baby boomers baby boomers totally flipped the script the minute their big house up on the high hill on the bench in wherever they live slides down the hill in a mudslide or burns up in a wildfire they're more than happy to see this millennial attitude of let's help each other out pop up. Right. Right. So, huh. well, we're very happy to have you in, Jason Williams. You're invited anytime you want to come. All in. the time. You're so smart, Jason. Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> that's what I said, too. I really, that's why I'm going to miss Mitch. That's stuff like that. Yes. Because he says Jason's yeah. smart. The compliments. <laughs> the compliments. I, re- I really am going to miss Mitch. I know, me too. I'm glad he complimented you. He told me I failed. I so, <laughs> I'm not oh, going to miss that. <laughs> not going to miss what? You're not Again. complimenting me he and th- not paying attention. He thinks I'm a failure, too, because I don't pay any attention to any sport but hockey. I, and he judges me. It's not It's not soccer, so I, I, I like it. <laughs> it's like That's so. okay. Uh, thanks again to Producer Butters and Mitch also being in on the podcast. Yep. You guys are obviously welcome anytime you want, Mitch, thanks, even though man. you're going to leave, you jerk. And, uh, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs>
<laughs> and this is why we he like looked Mitch. At me and started laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> it's because you're funny. <laughs> that was too funny. And this I didn't. I'm sorry. Though. We I laugh at things here. that are funny, Mitch. No, I was just sitting here and he looked at me. That's not. You dang millennial. It's your co- it's your comments, and then you get so offended over something. <laughs> Mitch, you truly are a millennial, and that's how we're going to end this podcast. I'm triggered. <laughs> say it. Come on. Say I'm it. triggered. <laughs> this has been AJ and McCall. Drop the mic on millennials. <laughs>